And that's about as enough of that as I care to actually do. <laughs> this is why we should queue up that music prior to doing this. Yeah, we really, really should. But then again, it wouldn't be quite as funny. Um, hi, yeah. everyone. You. And uh, welcome to the first, well, live in massive quotation marks episode of Bodywood. This is the 50th anniversary episode. So we thought, well, we 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 give something new a try. I am uh, one of your co-hosts, Steve Hester. And with me on the other side of the world is... That'll be Andrew Roger Carson. I actually call this the live support episode because that's basically what we're on. Well, we're uh, apologies to everyone who um was looking forward to doing the live stream tonight we have had mm-hmm. problems over the course of the last two hours we have been trying to fix uh it's beyond our control that's what we say when we like to pass the blame on to someone else mm-hmm. um but yes we will be doing it but true to form this is just like episode one with the exact guests here. We had a nightmare getting that episode out. I think it comes down to you just being a jinx. (laughs) No. Blame the blonde, I get it. (laughs) Fantastic. While I'm here in Connecticut, it felt so right with it being our 50th episode. We've been doing this well over a year. Mm -hmm. We had to bring Becca Mox back up. Absolutely. Of course. I would have had it no other way. Hi, Becca. Hey. Thank you for coming back on. And uh, right now we're, we're in quite a heat wave over here in the UK, which Andy's missing out on. I guess it's going to be the same over there because New York and uh, that kind of area in summer. Ooh. Uh, we got you beat, though. It's about 10 degrees hotter here. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, a lot of whining for 78 degrees over there. Yes, it's a lot hotter <laughs> up north. So yes. By northwest. And speaking of north yeah. by northwest, Eve. <sighs> There you go. It's like talking to Steve Lum. It's great. I know. It's wonderful. <laughs> uh, yeah, North by Northwest, the, the 1959 Cary Grant movie in which he wanders around the place looking suave in the same suit. Uh, yes, watch that today. Um, you've got uh, you've basically got everything that you could possibly want in any kind of Cold War thriller going on in there. You've got mistaken identities. You've got... Um, foreign agents stealing secrets you've got the the wonderful uh man who is running to clear his name it's 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 a it's i i actually really enjoyed it and it's actually the oldest movie that we've looked back on during no. our Bollywood time yeah i'm further back than that surely no no well, i think the oldest that we actually did, have done so far was so I think it was uh, Dog Day Afternoon. Really? Yeah. Oh, 2001 was like 68, 69. Yeah, but this was 59, though. All right. Yeah. Okay. But it's fine. But it's older than Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah. Yeah. But you've got, uh, you've got Cary Grant, Evan Marie Saint, um, Gary Mason. Um, James Mason. Sorry. Sorry. Perry Mason. Um, <laughs> in the role as the bad guy, um, and just everyone's just kind of relishing the whole thing, and it's it's a proper old school thriller, uh, so much so that they were 
so scared to film on location that about 50% of it is done via rear projection. <laughs> the amount of rear projection shots in this movie is, it's unbelievable. <laughs> A beautiful yep. VistaVision style. Yeah, it, it's not even for kind of like grand shots, like the whole final act and the, the, the events that take place at Mount Rushboy, you think, okay, yeah, no, that's fine. I can understand sticking that on a on a rear projection. But they're just like walking along a train platform. Yes. Or walking along a street. And there's so much of that. And that actually leads to these two two little blunders that I want to pop up. Okay. Yeah. The first blunders in this one. Oh yes, there's quite a few, but there's two which I which uh, stick out. First is when they're in the cab, not the cab, the police car, just after he's been arrested at the, the sale. There's a bit where they turn the corner and Cary Grant basically does that. But the cop who's on his right doesn't move. <laughs> so you can see him basically go. <laughs> <laughs> and then the cop go, oh, okay, yeah, I'll lean over. Why that was left in the film, I don't know. And the other one is the shooting at Mount Rushmore. Okay. Just before, yeah, you know what it is that I'm talking about. Don't you know? Everybody doesn't everybody, isn't that? Yeah, yeah. funny. The little kid who's just on the table in between him and even recently just going, I know, it's his fingers in his ears. My uh, no, my favorite one has to be uh, when Cary Grant is entering the uh, the US embassy. You can tell they had no permits because the guy look gives him a double take as he's walking up the steps. Oh my yeah. god, Mr. Grant, it's so lovely to see you. Yep. Yeah, they had to do a hidden camera for that one. Right? Yeah, apparently yeah. so. Yeah. But there's a bunch too, like when he and his mom are going through the hotel room, Kaplan's room, and it's like he pulls out the suit. Yeah. The suit changes colors, like everything. It's all different. Mm-hmm. Also, what I love about his mom is that she looks younger than he does. She is. <laughs> she, she was a year, she's a year younger than he was. I know. How on earth did they get away with that casting? As Salford. Yeah. <laughs> That's how women are treated sometimes. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, true. It's true. I, I love the uh the very it's not even subtle. It is the uh the cameo taking scene that is the train into the tunnel shot. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that would never have got by the production code back in the day, but he sneakily put it in there. Oh uh, yeah. It's it's so blatant really is <laughs> yeah it's a lot of fun oh you enjoyed the movie i did enjoy the movie um i thought it was, i thought it was a little bit long but then again i'm viewing this from like a 21st century kind yeah. of taste i think i think it's one of those things that for me i i don't want to see anything taken out of it but i would like to see what is there kind of tightened up yeah you know it, it's it's the same issue that i had with blade runner 2049 i like what was there but i just think you know just take a, f- a few seconds off here a few seconds off there just kind of just tighten everything up and i i think i would have enjoyed the pacing a lot more but i thought it was a bit slow that's the only real criticism that i will give of it um but to make up for that you have his just amazing amazing dialogue <laughs> What what is he says to her on the train? Yes, that's the problem when I always get in in front of a beautiful lady. I always have to stop myself from thinking I'm going to make love to her or something like that. It's like, come on, that's about right. That's about right. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah. Please try hard. Yeah, yeah. Uh, 
So uh, I guess I got some trivia for you. Go on, hit us with the trivia. Okay. Uh, apparently, uh, Eva Marie Saint was amazed to discover on this movie that Cary Grant used to charge fifteen dollars an autograph to fans. Oh wow, that was a lot in them days. I was a lot in the days, you know. Yeah. I've not seen that level of crime since For the Love of Sci-Fi. Ooh. Yeah, no, you you weren't there when it was For the Love of Star Wars. Ooh. That was like about 35 quid a ticket for that one. Yes. Ugh. God, that was awful. I to believe uh, this actually predates the first ever James Bond movie, Doctor No. Yeah, what was that, about 62? Was it 62? Yeah. I think it is 62. Yay! Uh, but this is very kind of James Bond in theme. It has a very good James Bond style. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's got a lot of it's got a lot of style, and it's got a wonderful soundtrack to it. And the those opening like soul bass titles, properly just it sets you right up out the gate. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, uh, Martin Landau is in the movie as well. Uh huh. And he consciously chose to play the character as either homosexual or bisexual, but the production code at the time phased out all kind of implications of it because it did not sit with the production code back in the day. Try nice. to shit. Yeah. I mean, he, one thing that he did do was he very rarely blinked. That might just be me. There's lots of... Yeah, he's mm-hmm. got some weird eyes in this movie. I wasn't yeah. Sure the makeup or whatever but i don't remember him being that creepy in like ed wood <laughs> uh, this was also the only movie alfred hitchcock ever made for mgm mm. i didn't know that which is most of the rest were uh it's a paramount and universal yeah and that, another thing which is a little bit strange is you've also got ways that the 20th century flyer the name of the train that he goes on to and there's a great big red carpet that stretches along the platform with 20th century something or other on there so that always yeah. just kind of reminded me of 20th century folks going on that the thing i noticed uh we were at uh, the park plaza the other day yes because we, we had to get to new york just to piss you off steve because i yeah. really wanted to be on the trip but we were on the uh we were at the park plaza hotel the other day uh and that was one of the scenes in the movie specifically the oak room but mm-hmm. scenes in the Park Plaza were actually shot there. The Oak Room was a reconstructed set. Right. So everybody, because it was incredibly accurate. That's cool. Well, speaking of, speaking of which, um, the uh, this is probably wrong. Because I, I, I didn't check up on this or anything. So I could be very wrong. But the, the house that... Um, that Van Damme goes to Jean Claude Van Damme. Sorry, the house that Van Damme. I I can't do Gary Mason's voice. I don't know. Um, I hear it. He. I'm sure that that is the same place that they used in Goldfinger for the golf club. Could be completely wrong. Could be. Mm-hmm. But it just looks so similar, the drive and the steps. So if anybody out there knows, then let us know. Or we could just look it up afterwards. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) We'll beat you to it. Uh, This is also one of only two movies 
where MGM used Paramount's VistaVision widescreen process. Mm. And that was Alfred Hitchcock's uh, insistence. Do you know what the only other movie to use that is? Ben-Hur? Oh, he's frozen. <laughs> no, it's not Ben-Hur. You froze there for a second. Yeah, so did you. We thought you were deeply <laughs> pondering it. No, it was not Ben-Hur. It was High Society. All oh, right. Yeah, the red one. Uh, there's a very good X-Files connection with this movie. Uh, well, apart from Martin Lando in the film. Yes. Uh, the other one is the uh, Mulder and Scully chased by helicopters in the very same vein. Yes. Was that an X-Files movie as well? That was an X-Files movie as well, yeah. Uh, standouts for me. Where were your standouts for this movie, Steve? Uh, the dialogue, definitely. Um, I thought Cary Grant's dialogue was so snippy and so yeah. sharp that was that was just proper moments of uh, of genuine oh that was so that was so good um the the infamous crop duster scene was brilliant yes. uh, the, it's one of those it's just been parodied to it, pretty much anything that you can possibly name but it, it it is a real real standout in that one very good and did you catch the cameo by hitchcock oh of course oh of course it it wasn't even hidden you might as well have just turned to the camera and just gone. That's true. <laughs> Is this the one where he's late for the bus? Yeah, well, yeah. at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, that is North by Northwest, the what's in the box for this week. Mm-hmm. Obviously, uh, a very, it, it's considered among the greatest films ever made. Would you put it up there with them? Certainly a very good one. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm a philistine. You know this. Well, I always say the Mount Rushmore that I do every week now, and for Alfred Hitchcock, I actually do place this on his Mount Rushmore, right? Along cycle, vertigo, and rope. Okay, which is ironic, really, because this actually takes place on Mount Rushmore. Yes, mm-hmm. exactly. Yes. See, if I'd have thought of that, I'd have been a genius. But yes, just let you have it. Well, what's in the box is over, I guess. Now we've got to do maybe an anniversary. You watch them again all of the time. All we get them on Prime for free. (laughs) We never show how old they are till we get their anniversary. I so miss Neil's version now. (laughs) Okay. uh, I think that was lovely. I think it was beautiful. So... Ignore him. <laughs> I usually do. Uh, I've actually keyed you in on what the anniversary is this week. And you were mm-hmm. like, oh my God, yes, I've got loads to talk on this movie. So we have... Well, not uh, just that movie, like every movie ever made about... <laughs> that's true. About 20 years ago this week, unless you're American, and it was an extra four weeks added on top of that, as I got told. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scooby-Doo was released. Zoinks! <laughs> exactly. Yep. Scooby-Doo, directed by Raja Gosnell. Do you know what uh, else? No. Okay. So we've got Big Mama's House. Mm-hmm. Never Been Kissed. Oh, that's such a good one. Uh, yeah okay all right it's better than Big it's Mama's maybe chick flicky but it's i love it and scooby-doo too. 
<laughs> you surprised? I was. I was very surprised okay. in the Scooby too. Now, uh, it's very love it or hate it. If you're the cast, you hate it. Mm-hmm. Apart from Matthew Lillard, who's basically embraced Shaggy going forward. Well, initially he hated it, but he came back around when suddenly all the critics were praising him. And now he's got the secondary career of voicing Shaggy in Scooby-Doo Cartoon's first life. Casey Kasem's like, you bastard. Well, Um, Casey Kasem's dead, so, you know, he can't really voice him anymore. He can be one of the ghosts, right? Um, Scooby-Doo, after all. Apparently... (laughs) According, according to James Gunn, <laughs> a name you all will know. He was a writer on this movie, hard to believe. Right. Uh, but there does exist an R-rated cut of this movie. Oh, please tell me it's one where they feed Snoop, uh, Scrappy-Doo into like a blender or something. Well, apparently Scrappy-Doo was not the villain in this one. Uh, Warner Brothers decided to um, tone it down. Uh, Linda Cardinelli's Velma was fully gay in this version of it. There was even more stoner references than were left in the movie. And just right. a lot left in this movie. Uh, and yes. there were basically the classed it as too raunchy. So Warner Brothers came in, and this is something we've got to ask of Bill. He said, Bill, have you seen the R-rated code of Scooby-Doo? Do you have the R-rated code of Scooby-Doo? That's what we want to know. Now, the Scooby-Doo movie had been in development for hell for quite a while. There were so many different names attached to it. Jim Carrey was actually attached to do Shaggy at one point. I could totally see that. I, I think, could see that. I think Willard's... I, I think Jim Carrey might have been a little bit too much. Hmm. No, I'm sure you could do the voice, and that's the main thing. Oh, you could do the voice, but I just think his face would just be a bit too rubber. Yeah, yeah I could see that. Yeah, but no one's going to take anything away from Matthew Lillard. Uh, Mike Myers was also attached at one point. That could have, that would have been rough. Um, Rakes. Yeah. <laughs> also, Kevin Smith almost directed this movie. You know who was going to be playing Shaggy in that version, right? It was so obvious. It was going to be Jay. Oh, my God. I would love to see that. I really, really would. Yeah. Uh, but yes, as I mentioned, the majority of the cast hated the movie and they disowned it. Uh, Freddie Prince Jr. was not happy with the wardrobe and the bleach blonde hair. He basically had to shave his entire head <laughs> after doing but that. Did movie. he not know that that's the look? I mean, it's not like it's a surprise. No, amazingly, apparently Sarah Michelle Gellar and Freddie Prince Jr. had no idea they were reading for the same movie, and they were together at the time. That's some serious NDA work going on there when you won't even tell your partner what scripture it should be. As it should be. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Michelle Gellar has said out of the entire films that she has done, if she had to choose between I Know What You Did Last Summer and Scooby-Doo, she would not let her kids watch (laughs) Scooby-Doo. Oh, she didn't like it. She didn't like the knee-high boots or colouring her hair from... I think it's, she's a natural blonde, isn't she? Uh, yeah. And it was dyed her hair red for it. Apparently she was not happy to it, but she could have said no. Uh, Linda Cardellini thought the humour was too raunchy, but then again, she did actually film the R-rated cut where 
obviously she shared a kiss with Sarah Michelle Gellar, apparently, in this version. And Matthew Lillard, as I say, he did hate it, but his praise has kind of made him turn around. And he was at one of the Comic Cons in Manchester recently, and apparently was talking about Scooby-Doo all day long. Sorry, I'm just thinking about that kiss. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Linda Cardellini, she's uh, gone on to do uh, the Avengers stuff recently. She's uh, playing Hawkeye's wife. And I honestly didn't twig when I first saw her in Civil War. I just thought, oh, I, 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 there's a there's an actress, wonderful. And then a little bit later on, no, it's uh, Velma. Yeah, yeah, yeah she's Ooh. done Bloodline. Did you see her in that? Oh, yeah, because a friend of mine's in that. A friend of, well, husband of a friend of mine is in that. Yes, there we go. But you can name drop him if you want. Maybe no, I don't need that. to name drop. Oh, there you go. Yes, we can just guess who it is. You just have to guess. Uh, Tim Curry, the legendary Tim Curry, oh, yeah, was a huge Scooby Doo fan. Now, apparently, he was offered a role in this movie and rejected it purely on the grounds that Scrappy Doo was a movie and he hates Scrappy Doo. <laughs> oh, now, my theory is he was supposed to be in that Rowan Atkinson role, yeah. Oh. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, that that's what I fully believe. And then he's read it and think, hang on a minute, I, I turn into Scrappy Doo or whatever it is. No, throw that out of the window. I'm sure Rowan Atkinson turns into Scrappy Doo or something like that. I'm sure. Yeah, I think I think he's like there is a real Rowan Atkinson character, but they made like a fake one for Scrappy Doo to pilot around like a robot. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Now, uh, there is a cameo from Sugar Ray in this movie, which dates this movie incredibly well. <laughs> Sugar Ray has not been relevant since 2002. Apparently, they offered Weezer uh, that role, and Weezer turned it down as well. Uh, so it's definitely years old. Uh, we have Isla Fisher in there. I love her. Yeah, on the plane. Yeah. Yeah, well, she plays uh, Shaggy's girlfriend called Mary Jane. Jane. (laughs) (laughs) They're not even hiding it, are they? I don't even think, but they date if her name was like Sarah. (laughs) (laughs) No. Nope. (laughs) I I was saying about Scooby-Doo and they were very, like, disappointed in this box office, but this is a a movie that should have come out in Halloween instead of the summer. Yeah, even though it's all on the beach, Halloween time. Beach. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Beaches are still open during Halloween. It could have worked. Somewhere in the world. Um, but there is a shocking amount of adult jokes in this movie. God knows that they've tried to trim down an R-rated movie that they've made and left some of the stuff that realistically a lot of people wouldn't want their kids to latch onto. My favorite scene in the entire thing is uh, when they all decide to kind of go their separate ways. And it hones in on Shaggy and Scooby, like, oh, well, we're just going to go and do what we do best. And it like, goes down to Venice Beach, and there's a van there with loads of smoke just <laughs> coming out of it. And it turns out they're just making burgers in there, but it's like, no, come no. on. Everyone got a joke. Um, but I'll, I'll say my standouts from it. Matthew Lillard, of course, is great. He can make mm-hmm. a fart joke seem like art. <laughs> in this movie <laughs> and i'll give it to uh, sarah michelle geller as well even though she apparently didn't like it she threw herself all into it and she was doing buffy mm. 
on is it the weekends or she was doing Buffy throughout the week and did Scooby Doo at the weekends. So her travel schedule must have been crazy. Yeah. Obviously, Scrappy Doo is the worst of this movie. Yes. Yeah, everyone hates it. I'm not hot on how the computer generated Scooby Doo looked back then. And today it still looks probably worse. But. Yeah, I, I I had seen worse, but um, but no, he's 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 pretty bad. Yeah, and to really add insult to injury, you get a cameo by Pamela Anderson, who doesn't even try to act. So <laughs> normal then. Yeah, well, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Um, see how we're doing for time. How long have we got, Steve? Uh, I don't know where to check. Well, we're at 29, we have about 10-15 minutes. Okay, well, we did have another review, uh, anniversary review, but I will save that till next week because we are on a time clock today. And we're going to jump to our guest of the day uh, for a nominate five. Now's the time to nominate five. Nominate five, yes. Nominate five, not four or six or eight or nine. <laughs> Now's the time. To nominate 12, if you build. <laughs> well, yeah. Okay, Becca, uh, I want to do a special one this week. Okay. Um, as we have been kind of all over the place mm-hmm. over the course of the last few days, mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you to nominate the five best movie locations we have been to over the course of the last few days. Oh, Okay. So movie locations, I don't have to like name the movies that they're no, in. Just okay. the places. Just the places. Okay. My number one would be Central Park. Yeah. Oh yeah. So, so many okay. different movies that take place there. So many different movies. But you know what? The fact of the matter is, as much as I work in the city, um, and I'm in and out of the city all the time, I have never been to Central Park before this past venture on Sunday. So True. That was very cool, especially to share with my bestie. But uh, the weather was beautiful and it was just fun and gorgeous and, you know, kind of like everything I expected it to be. And it's huge. It's it's massive. We got over 17,000 steps that day. So that was pretty cool, too. And the majority of it was in Central Park. If I remember correctly, I think Central Park itself is bigger than Luxembourg. (laughs) <laughs> could be entirely wrong i don't know no, I, I wouldn't I, be surprised if that's right we'll have to yeah. do that yeah. we'll get um, on that we'll find out yeah it's definitely two england's you can fit in central park yeah okay number two um the ghostbusters firehouse <laughs> that was awesome <laughs> and you know the funniest thing is so we're standing there First, first, what doesn't ever happen in New York City is that we found the best parking place right oh, there. That was genius. like God was waiting for us. He was just saving it. He's like, here, guys. So we went there, parked brilliantly, crossed the street. We're ready. We're taking photos of the building. And this woman in a minivan drives past in her um, with her window down and screams out the window like, oh, my God, it's a Ghostbusters firehouse. I've never just seen that before. <laughs> And it was just perfect timing, and it was we had so much fun. Yeah, it was great, and we we got a photograph just for you. Yeah, uh, 
because we know that when you came to New York specifically to see that ghost house, all the scaffolding and everything was up. They were renovating it or whatever. Yeah, it was all being done up. And uh, we, we'd, we'd gone to Liberty Island. We'd seen Battery Park, you know, going, oh, right. So this is where they filmed Man in Black. OK, let's go to the Ghostbusters Firehouse. And wondering around that little intersection going, no, it's around here somewhere. No, it can't be that big building which is covered in scaffolding. Oh, yes, it is. <laughs> okay. So we've got yeah. seven minutes on the clock. Okay. Next, um, Grand Central Station. Oh, yeah. Did it live up to your standard? Like, were you expecting it to be different? Or? It's pretty large. It is grand. Central. It's, it's, it's grand. It is pretty grand. I, I had visions of the Fisher King, that scene uh, where everyone just starts ballroom dancing. So we were on that floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's a beautiful building. It, you is. Still it go was through in it all. Northwest, too. North by Northwest as well, yeah, true. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, Around three or no, that four. That was three. Now we go to four. Four would actually have to be... This is actually a favorite for a different reason, but we went to the memorial, um, 9-11 yes. memorial, and I yes. have to be... I'm not exactly sure what films might have been there, but, a lot in the day. but there's a lot of um, TV shows and all that actually currently that film right around that area and that you can like overlook and yeah see the memorial and that's just a beautiful place and i think that um you know any opportunity that we have to pay tribute to all of those people and honor them is yeah 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 i don't know if you ever oh you're frozen you walk there oh no frozen you're back you're back we're back uh, yeah, um, the air just changes as soon as you reach there. Mm. And it's so quiet. Everyone is so quiet that is there. And there was easily, kind of must have been 700 people around us. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, probably more, yeah. yeah probably yeah. more. But everyone was kind of having the these similar style thing. They were just real. Like, no. People chill out or anything like that. Um, it was... It was very humbling. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I know what your number one is, though. But go ahead. Well, was that going backwards or forwards? I don't know. But five. five in total. Okay, so this is not in the city, but this is in Connecticut. So we were able to take a beautiful venture to Mystic, where we had, like, really good pizza at Mystic Pizza. Yes. And we learned some history about that, too, which is actually that the pizza location, the restaurant was becoming well known for its amazing pizza. And people were coming from miles around just to enjoy it. When the director, I think Amy or the writer, anyways, when the came to Amy, (laughs) I might be totally off. Could be George (laughs) (laughs) Um, came to find it and decided to base her story there. I have to say, I was shocked that the pizza was really good. It was amazing. It really was like, amazing. We, it was good. So, yeah. Yeah, and they fill, they fill the entire place with like loads of stills and shots from the movie and Lots of like memorabilia. Every so, celeb who's gone through there. Oh, yeah. Julia Roberts is all over that place. Every oh, yeah. picture they could find of her from that movie, uh, they have her all over the place. And it was famous before the movie, but the movie just kind of catapulted it into the public consciousness in a way. Right. Uh, but yeah, the pizza 
is amazing. And it is a beautiful area. If you ever get a chance to go up there, uh, really just soak it in. It's a lovely like seaport town and everything is so clean. It's unbelievable. It's everything has a fresh paint job on it. It's, it's like uh, a less trippy version of Balamori. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> there is one other location. It is a sixth, but one that we have oh, spent the most time in. And that happens to be my house. Yes. People may not know this yet because I haven't publicized it much. So this is it. World, world premiere that um, I'm in development for a film that I'm producing with a new business partner of mine named Cobus Gomes. And our this house is going to be a location. Okay. So very exciting. One day everybody will be able to have this as their favorite location. <laughs> We're working on it. We're working, We're working on, on it. it. So that was exciting. So yes, oh. well, that, that's solved the next question of what we're going to ask you what you're doing next. But I guess we now know. Yes. So, you well, that's one of the things, actually, but it's not next. It's in development. Other stuff's going on. I'm actually right now working um, on a film that is filming in the city with uh, director Bradley Cooper. That's all I can say. But that's exciting. A nice period piece. In fact, when I went to pick Andrew up for the first time, I was in full makeup, full hair and makeup. That was really fun. <laughs> Little did I know I'd have to spend the rest of the day that way too, but that was adventurous. Okay. Well, we've got two minutes left of the show. And if you think you're getting out of what's in the box, you're wrong. Although I didn't bring the box with me because carrying a box like that is a bit bizarre in an airplane. And you do get some funny looks. I actually took pictures of what the next ones that I pulled out of the box are. I actually think it's probably going to cut out. Well, let's be quick. Let's be quick. We got a minute uh, 30. Okay, so the last one. Thelma and Louise. No. You haven't seen it? Oh, you have? Yes. Answer the question why we've got some Have you seen it or not? No, I haven't. Right, well, that's what you're watching. I know how it ends, though. But anyway. Uh, Whatever. Everyone knows how it ends. How do you not? He hasn't seen that movie. That's crazy. Uh, Trust me, if you've ever listened to this show. I have. You have, yeah. (laughs) That Uh, one? It's not so crazy. That's okay. Okay. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Becca. Thank you very much for coming back to me, Andrew. Uh, uh, we will be back to our normal schedule broadcast very, very soon when Andy comes back from the US. Uh, but uh, for now, keep listening. Check us out on Patreon, uh, Twitter, Facebook, all the rest of it. I've been Steve Hester. I've been Andrew Carson. This has been... I've always been and will continue to be Becca Marks. Perfect. <laughs> And we'll uh, see you next time. That's enough. Come on. Yeah. Oh, God. You'd think we were professionals or something, wouldn't you? I've never thought so. No. What? Exactly.